0: in business and life relationships are everything welcome to the people catalyst podcast where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams clients and those that promote and refer them here's your host business trainer and leader of the people catalyst team carla nelson
1: and welcome to the people catalyst podcast glenn lundy
0: Hey, I'm excited to be here, Carla. Thanks for sharing this space and time with me.
1: Yes, sir. Well, thank you for being on the show. We're super excited uh, to hear you've got such a unique story, Glenn, and it's really multifaceted. So I can't wait to just dig in. But before we get started, can you share with our listeners kind of your entrepreneurial story? We all have one and they all have their ups and downs. Uh, but how did you get started? And I know the you first got started owning a, a car dealership, right?
0: Right, working working in a car dealership. Uh, so I started in twenty, and really, I can't, I can't, I can't go into my entrepreneurial journey and leave out certain components that are super important. Which we'll is share with know, us, yeah. So I am a husband to one, my beautiful wife um, Leslie is a huge part of the journey, and I am a father to seven children, going on That's eight. So
1: much just right there, okay, Glenn? <laughs> just right there. You can hit a period after that and. In- we're done.
0: <laughs> That's it, right? right? I, uh, but pretty amazing. So husband one, father to seven, going on eight, 20 plus years in the automotive professional uh, profession. And then also I'm the host of the wildly popular morning show hashtag# Rise and Grind. And so I started in the automotive industry 20 years over 20 years ago when I was 20 years old. And I had this season where I did really well. I was, I've always been good in sales. So I did really well in automotive. I climbed kind of through the ranks and while doing so, I was drinking a ton, started doing drugs, lost uh, my relationship, lost custody of my six-year-old daughter. Oh, no. uh, you know, my life outside of the building was awful. Um uh, my career in itself was 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 good, which as you know, you know. It is
1: actually very common in sales.
0: Yes, it is very very common, um, and especially in the auto industry, it's super common. Eighty hour work weeks, working you know two days off a month. There's just not a whole lot of space for relationships uh, or a life outside. And so I went through that whole season uh, in the automotive world and ended up ultimately leaving, leaving the leaving the world of automotive for a little while and blaming the world of automotive for all of my <laughs> you know i like to drink it's automotive's fault i like to do drugs it's automotive's fault i that's lost custody to my to daughter that's up. automotive's fault right um and so i went through a season i got out of the business for a while came back or not sorry i shouldn't say came back went on kind of a journey uh traveled around lived in all kinds of different places and ultimately landed in Kentucky where I met my wife. Yeah, and she helped me um, she helped ground me. She's like uh, I, I, I look at myself like a kite, right? I'm a kite and she's down on the other end holding the string. She lets yes, me fly sir. Which it takes let me two. Get away, you know. Um, and so I met my wife, got back into automotive, but this time on the automotive side, I I had made a commitment that I wasn't going to let the industry destroy my relationships and my life outside of work. And so in order to do that, I literally had to change the narrative and eradicate the negative stigmas associated with the car business to create an environment where our careers could, could thrive as well as our life at home. And so I really focused on that and was able to help this small a dealership in a really small town, population 96. 96-
1: I saw that 9,600 people. people. That is a small yes. dealership to me. Be-
0: yeah. Tiny little dealership, tiny little town. And we were able to grow that dealership 800% in just under six years, making it the second largest. So
1: that's where the 800% club comes that's from. That's exactly I was right. To put that together. Okay. Exactly that was one right. of my questions.
0: Yes. So a lot of success there. Uh, that kind of put me on the map as far as being known in the auto industry as a disruptor, doing things a lot different. And so two years ago, after, after uh, spending eight years with that company, two years ago, we decided to step out into the entrepreneurial world, owner and business. And now I work with 56 different dealerships across the country helping them get similar results. And then I also have my show uh hashtag Rise and Grind, which I do Monday through Friday mornings at 530 a.m. And uh we've done wow. 751. Third, episodes. Is that
1: Pacific uh Eastern? Eastern? What? Eastern? Yeah oh, that's really early for those yeah. of the Pacific time. <laughs> yeah and so can you share with us a couple of the you know what you did in the strategy to help that 800 growth at the dealership
0: and yeah what we really to had pressure. to take we, we had we had to take kind of your traditional business model so most people when they go into business they think okay i need to i need to make some money right like even when i was a kid this was my first thought yeah. when i was 13 years old i'm like i need to make some money how do i make some money right so we 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 typically in business, we start thinking, how can we make a profit? And once we figure out um, a product or a way to to generate some cash or some money, then we start to seek customers, right? And we're like, okay, well, how do we get more customers so that I can make more money? And then once we get to a certain level of customers, we start thinking, well, what if I could get some employees, then I could get more customers and then I can make more money, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty, Pretty standard business model. So what we had to do with the dealership is completely flip that on its head. How do we get great people that, and develop great people that ultimately will draw in, attract more customers that will ultimately help us make more money, right? So putting our employees first was one of the biggest things that we did just right out the gate, you know, you hear people say like the customer's always right. Well, not in my store. In my store, my employees were always right. I always had my employees back. And by having my employees back, they trusted, I trusted them and and, and they trusted me. Therefore, they ended up making better decisions and they would really take care of the customers. You know what I mean? And then the customers would love the experience. So they would go out and tell their friends, which brought us more customers and more. So Utilizing that mindset of really having the back of my guys, uh, we were able to build way more than just a, a, a business relationship. We were able to build a family and we were all on this same mission of eradicating the negative stigmas associated with the car business. And so mixing that with digital campaigns and strategies and you know, you fall down, you get back up, you, you take two steps forward, you take a step back and, and trying out all types of different things, but ultimately creating this core culture uh, this core underdog winning culture that just over time, as we stayed consistent with it, really was make able to make a massive impact.
1: That is awesome, and you know what? The work that we do is very similar in the fact that you know our assessment it, and it's based off one hundred ten years of marketing research about how people adopt new ideas. And what's interesting is is that so many businesses they go right to the customer, they jump over their people,
0: yeah, and they
1: go to the customer. It's like, wait a second. You have to get your team to adopt new ideas and do new things and be a part of a winning team. Mm -hmm. And they're your extension to your customer. So I think Mm -hmm. so many times we we ignore that piece that's really important and just think about, oh, the customer. Because you have to generate money, too. I mean, you have to generate revenue, right? Sure.
0: Sure you have
1: to be able to sell something um so is that are are those are the types of strategies then you work with your 56 uh auto dealerships that you work with now utilizing those same strategies about focusing on team development and focusing on personal growth and focusing on what the team needs in order to be that extension to the customer
0: we'll see at first carly at first we have to talk nothing but car right because these are owners that have been in the business for a long time and they were wanting to try something new. And so we talk about advertising and we talk about processes and we talk about all these different strategies at first so I can earn their trust. And then once I get in, then I'm like, so let's talk <laughs> about how you treat your people, right? But we can't lead with that. If I if gotta, I say, hey, we're going to talk about at. you. Lead. Yeah, you, you meet know, them where they're at yeah, then then they're out. So, so we do a combination of really just focusing on how do we create processes and systems that are ultimately going to generate a result for the dealer so that he will then trust and be more open minded to considering some outside-the-box ways of how we do handle our employees and create that culture uh, within, that, within that trusting uh, in, in environment. So it's a little bit of everything, right? It's process, it's people, uh, it's profitability. You know, we're looking at everything, but ultimately I'm trying to break them down and help them see that people should come before profit always. And when you create that, environment the profits take care of themselves it takes care of themselves themselves.
1: well and people want to be a part of a winning team so if you give them the tools that they need in order to be successful versus just telling them be successful right that's why um you know, the four different core natures of work that t- we teach based off the law of diffusion of innovations, movers, shakers, provers, and makers, we called them that on purpose because everybody thinks it's the early adopters and the movers and shakers of the world. It's just easier for them to adopt a new idea. That's all, sure. right? But everybody can lead and everybody can be a part of the team and we need everybody on the team because here you've got your innovators on one side, right? And then you've got your individuals that, You know aren't gonna buy electric car until the last gas station is gone on the planet i mean and people are different and that's okay and if you teach them a process by which they can work together in those processes and systems then you can enable them to be successful and then they want to because people want to be successful but unfortunately glenn we probably have five negative terms for those different individuals that naturally work in a process and system together. And there's no positive words. So why is it? And it's funny because when we do training, people laugh and it was like, you know, we're laughing, but it's really not that funny. Right. Right. (laughs) In the fact that Instead of holding somebody in their magnificence, they get held in their smallness. So how did you shift from working just with the dealerships now to uh, rise and grind, 5.30 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time? You're just my hero, but you do have seven kids, so you have to beat them up at least,
0: huh? We got to. If I'm going to do anything consistently, it must be very early in the morning. Uh, As the day progresses, anything can happen in my house. That is for sure. Uh, But hashtag rise and grind, part of our strategy at the dealership, we really used organic uh, social media tools to be able to attract um, incredible talent, as well as be able to really increase and ramp up our reach and our volume. You know, being a tiny store in a tiny little remote location uh, we had to utilize the tools and the resources that were in front of us. So social media was a huge tool and you, you, our utilization of that tool um, really helped me to see, like to, to to be able to connect with people all across the automotive industry and to be able to really get a window in what was going on out there, man. Our industry was is messed up, you know, for, for, for a lot of people. It's a, it's a messed up industry. And so as we grew and I got more connections and, and more people reaching out going, man, I hate my, I hate working in the dealership. Like, get, get, can I come work for you? I, my boss does this, my boss does that, right? Like just awful. I have to work this, I have to do this, so on and so forth. And so I realized like, wait a minute, we have a platform here. And we have an opportunity to really institute change, not just in this dealership in this small town, but across this entire industry. Because sometimes what you have to do to get people to to really recognize that it's time for change is you have to pull back the curtain and expose them for what they are. So we started really pushing this whole idea of eradicating the negative stigmas associated with the car business and just highlighting not specific dealerships, but the industry itself all how flawed it was and just like showing people like I started doing Saturday morning sales meetings live on Facebook every Saturday morning with my entire team and just showing people like this is what a meeting should should look like this is how you should be leading your people mm-hmm. uh, and in doing so it, it created this notoriety uh, and this opportunity right so hashtag rise and grind I kind of reached a point where I was like all right there's a lot of negativity on social media we already kind of have some influence on social media instead of complaining about there being nothing but negativity what if we create some space that is motivational educational and inspirational and we could drown out that stuff for at least 30 minutes a day anyway yeah. Um, and, And create and create a space for something different. So that started to seep into my head. And there was multiple components to it. So one, I wanted to create a space with nothing but motivation, education, inspiration. Two, I wanted to create a reliable space where people could come and know that they would be seen. So on my show, every single morning, I try to say good morning by name to all the people, right? If Carla was watching, I'd say good morning, Carla, and and help people feel seen because I spent a season of my life homeless. And in that particular season of my life, the worst part was not being hungry or not having anywhere to live, but it's you become invisible. Mm-hmm. Like people literally won't make eye contact with you. And so when I felt invisible, I became that led me to feeling hopeless. And hopelessness led me to feeling like super depressed, which led me to suicidal you know, thoughts and ultimately an attempt at one point. Um, and so I thought, well, if I could create a space that is motivational, educational, inspirational, and that can connect with people, then maybe, just maybe, there's somebody out there that's uh, having a rough night or having a rough time and they're like, you know what? If I can just make it till 5.30 a.m., I know Glenn will be there and he's mm-hmm. going to call my name, right? And he's going to help me be seen and I'll be okay. Uh, and, and crazy enough, that's happened multiple, multiple wow. times um, wow. with my show. I've had many people reach out that were on the verge of taking their own lives and it was turned around um, just by hearing their name, man. People's names are so powerful. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to create that as well, right? A motivation space, help people to feel seen. And then from a business standpoint, it made total sense, right? The first part of the day is when people are most influenced, the mind is consuming. And so from a marketing standpoint, I used to start every single show. I'd say, my name is Glenn Lundy. I'm a husband to one and a father to, back then it was like five. <laughs> and the general manager of Dan Cummins, Chevrolet and Buick in Paris, Kentucky. The second largest used car franchise dealership in America. It's 5.30 a.m. And I hope you're ready to rise and grind. So I say that every day. So as people were watching, you know, from a from an advertising standpoint, here I was plugging Dan Cummins Chevrolet, Dan Cummins every single day and attaching it to positive, you know, feelings, positive emotions until people started to connect those positive feelings and emotions with our dealership, which led more people to want to work for us, which led more customers to want to do business with us. More people were referred to us. So it really was like the triple whammy. I could help people. I could create a motivational space and I could sell more cars. Are you
1: kidding me? (laughs) Like the triple whammy. And so- what were some of the things you said? You talked about the organic social media, and there's always so much to be said or, about organic and paid, and sure. different types of relationships that you build. One of the things you mentioned is how you would be there and te- you know use somebody's name, which I think Glenn is it makes so much sense. That it's just if somebody, especially right now during the times we're all like kind of locked yeah. inside, it's kind of nice to just to you know say hey, what's up? How are you? Because you never know what somebody's going through right That's at right. that time. But what were some of the other kind of strategies that you used in order to, you know, uh, was it just, you know, focusing on your local area? Was it, you know, focusing on when customers would come into the store as well and reaching out to them? Or did you really just go at it from the manager aspect of it and reaching out truly through the team and recruiting other people that believe the same thing that you believed, right? Right.
0: Yeah, so so we trained, you know, as the dealership grew, obviously our staff grew. So we started with like 40 people when I started working there. We had over 300 employees as time went on. And Did so people as we just can-
1: drive from wherever to go buy a car from
0: you? Yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. we sold there's cars only 9, everywhere in America
1: people. If you do the math of 300 of them being employees, that's pretty funny right there.
0: <laughs> yeah we had and, and a lot of our employees drove a long ways too. I had one guy that for uh, he finally just moved last year so for I guess nine years he drove an hour and a half each way to and from work every day you know and working 12 14 hour days. So when you create a space like that, uh, that's so positive and so rewarding. People will go the extra mile to be on your team, especially when you show it to them in social media, which we did all the time. And so, one of our strategies that I taught my 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 people as as uh, as they were you know growing my my I, I hate calling them employees, my staff, whatever, my family, my work family.
1: Your work, uh, but you know what? You spend more time at work than anywhere else. So it's really important right. that you spend that's right. time working with people that empower you and hold you in your magnificence versus beat you down and make the day harder, right?
0: That's right. No doubt. So I taught them to utilize social media so that they were soldiers of the game as well. And I led by example. So as far as organic social media goes, I figured I created a system I called the four P's of social media. And it's based on uh, how how relationships are actually built in the real world, right? And so, as far as the four Ps, we do two posts a day, every single day, on our um, social media page, you know, Facebook page, Instagram, whatever it is. And those posts go in this order: first, we post something personal a hobby that we like, a team that we love, our kids. If we want to do kids, some people don't want to do put their kids online. That's fine. Whatever you want to do, but something personal so that I can connect with you on a personal level first, right? Just like in real life, we typically connect over something we have in common. Maybe it's a convention that we both like to go to, right? That we enjoy, which I know you love conventions as much as I do. Yes, um, I do. Or, yeah, or maybe I don't it's care a if sport I'm at the
1: front of the stage or up in the back of the room. I, I miss that so much right now. <laughs> I, I know. I know,
0: ahead. Carla. I totally get it. I, it's my jam as well, right? But something personal. Maybe it's a team that you like. Maybe it's a hobby that you share. Something like that is how we typically meet in real life. And so, same thing online. I want to meet you personally first. So, some type of personal post. Then we follow that post up with a professional post. So the second P is professional. What do you do that is unique to you that might be valuable to me? Now, in real life, we do the same thing. We meet and then we're like, hey, how are you? Yep, great. Oh, this is so fun. Are you having fun? Yeah, I'm having fun. So what do you do for a living? We immediately go into that, right? Because we want to see if there is a possible exchange of resources where we can lift each other up. So we do that online as well. We meet over something personal. We immediately go into professional. So I'm Glenn Lundy. I like dogs and I work at a car dealership, right? So that's our second P is professional. Now, our third P is purposeful. Mm-hmm. And by purposeful, I mean, share some type of post that makes me feel something mm-hmm. positive. Don't make me angry. Let's not talk Trump or Biden or oh, Black Lives Matters you. or any of those things. Don't piss me off. That's not gonna work. Instead, let's like make me feel, make me laugh. Maybe make me cry, inspire me, motivate me. Uh, anything like that, right? Educate me, but make me, make me feel something because that emotional attachment is what's going to draw me in. That's what's going to bring me closer. Just like in real life, we meet somebody over something personal. We talk about what do you do for a living? And then we start sharing stories and maybe we have a laugh or we find a common bond through something emotional, right? We're cheering at the same time at the 10X Growth Con, whatever it is. There's some type of emotional connection. So we want to do that online. So first a personal post, then a professional post, then a purposeful post, and then our fourth P is poll, P-O-L-L. And what I mean by poll is ask a question. Now, I use the word poll just because it starts with P and it makes it easier for people to remember, right? Mm -hmm. But it's really just ask a question. And when I say ask a question, it needs to be one sentence I should be able to read the question without hitting the more button i'm lazy i don't want to hit more on your post and i don't want to read 16 paragraphs and then you ask me a question it's not going to happen ask me a question one or two sentences at the very top where i don't have to click more and then i should be able to respond to that question with two words or less one or two words so by doing that we do a couple things In real life, same thing happens. I meet Carla. Carla and I both like dogs. Carla tells me where she works. I tell her where I work. We share a laugh or a giggle or some type of emotional experience. And what do we do? We ask questions. So do you have kids? Do you, right? And we go back and forth with an exchange of questions as we get to know each other. So we want to do the same thing online. I want you to ask a question. Keep it simple, short responses. Don't ask me, you know, hey, back in 1980, what was your theory on the best movies of all time? Like, don't do that. Just be like, do you like movies? Yeah, I love movies, right? I can answer that quickly. There's a reason that the post, what color is this dress? Did you ever see that post, Carla? Like, what color is this dress? And some people Uh, said it was- Yeah, because
1: your eyes see it differently.
0: Right, but you know why that's what the, the most viral post of all time?
1: Because it's easy to answer.
0: Because it's one sentence, and you just put yellow or and blue it's unique or whatever,
1: too. Because you're like, "What? That's you right. Saw that it, I saw
0: this. That's really that's right. That's right. So it goes viral, right? So I want you to do the same thing. Now, what you're doing is you're engaging me. Now we're having a real life conversation because you're asking questions and I'm responding. But then we're also triggering the algorithm. So Facebook saying, or whatever social media platform is saying, okay, this person likes Carla, they're responding to her question in her post. So now I'm going to send them Carla's next post, which is your personal post. And maybe we get to know each other a little bit better Then the professional, then the purposeful, then another question. And we just keep cycling through these four types of posts, two posts a day, and we build a relationship online, just like we would build a relationship in person. So, by teaching my team that and utilizing that in our dealership, we were really able to stretch our organic growth far beyond anything we could have ever done on the paid side.
1: Wow, that's awesome. I love this. Glenn, you're so awesome. I love the strategy. <laughs> I have taken so many notes on this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank, thank you. I can't wait to
1: share it uh, on social media. And so, can you share a little bit? How can our listeners get a hold of you? How can they get more? How can they uh, connect with you than on social media?
0: Yeah, so the easiest way to get to all my stuff is glenlundy.com. Um, if you head there, to the link to my Facebook, my Instagram, my LinkedIn, wherever you enjoy. Uh, also my gear and uh, a book that I wrote. I have a little book that I wrote called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Life that really dives into pow- the power of morning routines and how you can utilize those uh, you know, to change your life. And so they can go to themorningfive.com and download that for free. If anybody would like that free ebook, uh, you can get that there. But yeah, glennlundy.com will connect you to everything.
1: Perfect. And I'll make sure, um, or my team, I should say, will make sure that all the links are in the, um, information below the podcast. Glenn, what a wonderful, uh, experience to meet you, to hear your story. Your story is incredible. Uh, the fact that you have seven kids and one on the way, God bless you, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And, uh, I can't wait to learn more and see more and, uh, connect with you in the future.
0: Yes. Sounds wonderful. Thank you so much. I really enjoy your energy and I enjoyed being here with you today. It's been incredible.
1: Thank you, Sarah.
0: Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life.